This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What up, what up? Last one of June, one week closer to games. So they say. So they say, Polly. So they um, say. Yeah, folks, we got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about some recent league news. The Hall of Fame inductees came out, uh, and I, we'll have some stuff to say about that. Also, um, the draft happened, and if you've been paying attention at all, it was a shit show. Uh, we'll get more into that as well. And we are concluding our Emmy Award uh, nominated uh, series, Hockey Ocalypse. You know, I got some paperwork in the mail, Polly, saying uh, <clears throat> for only four million to a Nigerian prince, I could be nominated <laughs> for an Emmy Award <laughs> for that for that series. So um, we actually have the tip of the iceberg boys joining us in Hockey Ocalypse Pittsburgh. The last place you'd want to go in Apocalypse or otherwise. You know, big shout out to Hockey Troll. This was his brain baby. He came up with it. He he concocted all of the questions. He lined up all the interviews. Uh, I would say if we got an Emmy, I would go up on stage and say nothing because the whole speech he deserves to give. <laughs> Polly, you wouldn't even be invited on stage. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure you would be, maybe. Not by me, by my people. Yeah, I mean, any of the questions that I asked were, like, off the cuff. Right. Because you came up with a script. Right, That that was that's the, the magic of it, though, I think, right? Yeah. Um. All right, well, I guess uh, with that, I think it's time to, to have a drink. What about you? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans. So there is a bit of league news. As Paulie said, you know, players are starting to return to camp to get ready for this play-in. Um, there is, what, what is it, eight teams that didn't make it in? Seven. Seven, seven teams. Okay, seven teams that didn't make it in. And uh, this week was supposed to be, this past week was supposed to be all about them. Right, um, and it ended up being that way. They just didn't get the the outcome that they wanted. But first and foremost, the 2020 Hall of Fame inductees were announced. Polly, yeah, um, <clears throat> a couple surprises, a couple non surprises. Um, there were some that still haven't been voted in that I'm very surprised by. Um, people that were left off the list that. I think deserve to be in the hall that aren't still. Right. Right. So if you, if you didn't know, and here's the thing I'll say about the hockey hall of fame, I think it's mostly a popularity contest. It doesn't really, when, when I talk about hockey and I'm like, well, he's a hall of famer. That's really just all kind of superficial fluff, I guess, to support my argument at that point. But I don't really, I mean, What's your take on the Hall of Fame just in general? Well, it's important to remember that 
this actually is not just the NHL Hall of Fame. It is an overall Hockey Hall of Fame. While the NHL does dominate the people in it, um, you know, they the last 10 years they've been including a lot more female players. And one guy who didn't get in um, was a German coach, or not German, a Russian. I was reading his bio. Um, I think it's the guy from Miracle, uh, Victor or something. I'm pretty Tikhanov? sure. Yeah. Tikhanov? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made the IIHF Hockey Hall of Fame. So if you make that, they should probably induct you into Toronto. Right. And it, well, and also, like, I mean, that's a, that's a good point you bring up because the Hockey Hall of Fame, while it's probably in our eyes the the pinnacle it's uh it's it's very much north american influenced and dominated yeah so the 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 players that got in were Jerome McGinley and Marion Hosa and they are first ballot so they were the earliest that they could get in uh they got in and i would say those are totally deserving yeah um then there's Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, Kim St. Pierre, who's the lady, and she's a goaltender for Canada, and uh, Ken Holland, who's now the GM for the Sharks, I want to say. And I'm I'm not upset with any of those. Um, I don't really know who Kevin Lowe is. I think that the, the argument for him was a ton of cups. With I, And I think it was with the Oilers, I want to say. So he's so, with Gretzky. Yeah. Right, but he was overshadowed by, like, Messier, Gretzky. Right. But his quote-unquote leadership and and just being a, a good team guy is really why he got in. Um, but he, he wasn't – but I guess his numbers are kind of pedestrian if you look at him. Yeah, <clears throat> championships have a way of making legends out of average players. You know, <laughs> some guys can just be – good hockey players and they find themselves in the right situation and that argument of cups lifts them above where they actually were yeah and i mean i'm not going to say kevin lowe was a average hockey player but like i i mean i get i get what you're saying for sure because you know when we in a little bit we're going to get into the people who got snubbed and that's uh that's pretty uh, – there's, there's a long list uh, of, of players and, you know, with some of them, if they would have won a cup, I think they'd already be in. Right. And, you know, I guess to my point, someone who is going to get that cup treatment is Chris Coons. Um, I think he was you a think very, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame though? I think he might. He was a very good hockey player. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was – Better than someone who got snubbed four years in a row, Daniel Avridson. Right. So, but he did win cups with multiple teams. And so people are going to say, look at that. You know, that's going to give him more, uh, more pull. Right. And so, so let's just, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think we need to go into the careers of Jerome McGinlow or Marion Hosa, Doug Wilson, or Ken Holland, who Ken Holland's really kind of making the case as a GM now. Um, So it's like doubly. Deserving. I think he went in as a, a builder, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure about what the classifications are, but they only let one lady in, from what I understand, per ballot, which 
seems a little, I guess, underrating the ladies there on that side. But uh, well, the only thing I think that makes that legit is that there's less. I mean, they're they're only including Team USA and Team Canada women, really. Right. So true. you know, you've got two teams. Well, I think the Finnish goalie, the women, the lady Finnish goalie who actually played against men in Europe, I think she's in. I can't remember her name. I think it starts with an R. Fuck, I don't know. But um, but it, anyone is open for it, right? But again. Yeah. The way I mean, technically, yeah, because the best hockey players were from who were female are from the United States, Canada, and then a couple Scandinavian countries. Right. So, you know, Kim Saint Pierre, the 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 I guess the big reason why she's in, other than being a stud, in as far as stats go, uh, she's got a ton of gold medals, dude. Three from the Olympics, five from the World Championships, and one from the Four Nations Cup. Uh, she played 83 times for Canada, helping them win 64 times with 29 shutouts, dude. Um, you know, I get that this was probably in a stage where women's hockey, you know, Canada and, and the U.S. had just such a, and still do, such a insane gap between the next countries. But... uh you know, that's 29 shutouts. I mean, she basically played an NHL season. Right. And does anyone put up 29 shutouts in a season? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and she also earned best goalie honors at the 2002 Olympics, as well as world championships in 2001-2004. Uh, so she won the... Clarkson Cup twice with the Montreal Stars, the CWHL, and was named the league's top goaltender two seasons in a row. Obviously an elite talent there, so congratulations to her. Um, and I, the only reason we're like really covering her a lot is because I don't think that our our listeners really have any idea who she is. Yeah, I mean, everybody else, you just type them on NHL.com. Right, right. Uh so you want to move on to the real interesting part here and, and where people are probably butthurt. Um, the snubs. So here's one. Okay. So Daniel Alfredson, you mentioned earlier. I mean, make the case for him. Well, <clears throat> I hated him when he played. Um, I can't remember exactly why. Uh, it's probably just because they were good. And I think I hated his face. But... <laughs> And maybe because he won a gold, and I don't like to see anybody win a gold besides Team USA. But uh, I just he was he was amazing. He was always getting involved. I, I think he was a dad soup type talent, right? And because uh, he was a what a winger, I think so. Yeah, um, and you know we're looking at his stats right now: uh, one thousand one hundred and fifty-seven points. Over 18 years. Over 18 years, six all-star appearances. He's he's in the International Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, right. I mean... King Clancy. All, the only thing he doesn't have is the Stanley Cup. Exactly. And I just think... Does so, everybody in the Hall of Fame have a Stanley Cup? Because if they don't, 
that's a dumb reason to keep people out. Right, and there are players that don't have cups, but obviously reaching that pinnacle is, I think, heavily weighted in the Hall of Fame voting and probably shouldn't be, if you ask me, to be completely honest, because this is a Hall of Fame, this is like the player individually. Exactly. You know? Um, so I think that's a pretty big snub there. And and he's been waiting for four years. So, I don't know. Give him Give him a shot in. Um, you know, I think another one that people are upset that didn't get in is McGillney, Alexander McGillney, uh, first Soviet player to affect West and was basically a stud from then there, then on out, um, 76 goal season in 92, 93, you know, that tied him with Tamu Solani. And I believe Solani is a hall of famer. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Multiple hundred point seasons, uh, cat first European captain in in league history for the Sabers, six time All Star, four hundred seventy three goals, a thousand thirty two points, uh, triple gold club in IIHF after winning the Stanley Cup, um, you know, Olympic gold, World Championship gold, and <clears throat> so so that's you know pretty that's the ultimate yeah right um you know and and he also helped the soviet union win the gold at the at the junior championship so he literally won the the biggest trophies there are he he won a gold in all three international tournaments that are the biggest and the stanley cup right so if stanley cup is a prerequisite why is this guy not in right right um and I'm not even sure because McGillney is uh, kind of an older player. I'm not really sure w- how his career was. I mean, obviously with Buffalo, it was a big thing. But, uh, you know, oh, was it with the um, – who did he win the cup with? Do you remember? No. The Devils? Maybe? Yeah, in 2000 with the Devils. Yeah. Just look that up. Thanks, Paulie. Thanks yeah. for being on top of that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I it's surprising to me that he didn't get in. Uh, and then I think another – I mean, think about this now. I think a couple a couple other um, snubs that are weird is Rod Brindamore. He was on the ballot, didn't get in. Uh He's now the Hurricanes head coach. You know, that's a cup winner. Uh, two-way guy. You know, we've talked about Rod the Bod here a lot. But, again, 452 goals, uh, 1,184 points in 1,484 NHL games, 2006 cup, two Selkie trophies. I don't really know how he doesn't get in either. Yeah. Um <clears throat> A quote here in the article, there are 36 players in NHL history who had 15 seasons with 49 or more points. 35 are in the Hall of Fame. Want to guess who's not? Like, come on. (laughs) Right. And maybe they're waiting for him to win a cup with the Hurricanes as a coach. I don't know. Um, I I, I don't know. And and again, this kind of goes to the fact that a lot of them... 
are a lot of these players who who get voted in it's just a popularity contest right yeah um you know uh and and then there's finally you know there's i think that the 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 other possibility here well there's two for this one curtis joseph curtis joseph cujo and jeremy roenick and i'm only saying Jer- i know why jeremy roenick's not in because he's a douche but <clears throat> i i and and who knows about Curtis Joseph really here? Because I could see that the, the the chips are stacked more against Curtis Joseph than anybody else that we've mentioned. You know, Ronick, uh, Brenda Moore, I feel like they should be in. But Curtis Joseph is probably the one that you're, I'm on the fence about. What about you? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, I think he was elite. He was special. But I don't know. I mean, he he ended up playing for Detroit. In, in between cups. Right. And, you know, if they were able to win with that raw... Okay, so I guess I'm, you know, backtracking a little bit here, but if they were able to win cups with that pretty much same roster without him, why couldn't they when he was there? Sure, and, and he was a three-time Vesna finalist, never actually won it, um, had really good... Uh, he's got a gold medal... But he had really good stats throughout the NHL. Um, but, you know, one thing I think going against Curtis Joseph as a player is the that goalies generally don't get in. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really, really competitive to, to be a goalie and get in. It's really competitive to be a goalie in, in hockey anyways. But to be a Hall of Famer, you know, I get it. Uh, I I understand why he got snubbed, but I think that that would probably I think Curtis Joseph probably had. I, I like if I were to do it, I would say Brindamore, Ronick. I'm sorry, I would say. Uh, you know, like McGillney, Alfredson are on the top there, then followed by like Brindamore, Ronick, and then finally Curtis Joseph. If I were to put it into three tiers, the first being the you know most deserving um but let's let's talk just a little bit about jeremy roenick <laughs> because you know earlier this year he made these like sexist comments on spitting chicklets and got fired as an analyst and i mean it's it's that's that's his mo throughout his entire career run his fucking mouth being an asshole right right and you know the, I think that if, okay, here. I think we're all on the same page that the reason Ronick is not a Hall of Famer is because he's an asshole and people hate him. If Ronick had won a cup, what do you think? How do you think that would sway the voting? Because we're talking about 513 goals. He's in the 500 club. That's an exclusive club. Um, 1,216 points. Nine-time All-Star, silver medals at the Canada Cup and the Olympics. Uh, you know his elite level only lasted a few seasons in the early '90s, but he was still, you know, a really good player who was solid throughout most of his career. And also, he didn't win any individual hardware, which again may be a little bit of popularity contest there as well. Though he was also playing in an era. Where there were, he was being overshadowed, right? I mean, Gretzky, guys like that, right? 
Yeah, um, <clears throat> I was going to say, didn't he win the World Cup of Hockey? But he, I'm looking at the roster. He got snubbed. Yeah. Uh, that's surprising to me. Well, Ronick, he was a Bo- he's a Boston guy. So I feel like he was he he came up in an era where like size was important. He's not a huge guy, but played with that tenacity that that we both love and found twine. I mean, no matter what you say about him, you know, maybe you could argue that his stats, his overall stats are padded because of the longevity in the league, but at the same time, it's 500 goal score over a thousand points, 200 over a thousand points, you know? Yeah. Um, I think he deserves it, but he hasn't gotten in and now he won't with his added controversy. I don't think, and you know what? I think that he, this is a guy who I have got to agree. I think that he, he might not ever make it. Yeah. And Hey, whatever. I'm sure it's no, I mean, I'm sure that maybe irks him. Um, but I guess when you look, when you take a step back and look at how he's never won a cup and never won any individual awards, Hey, maybe that was, that was the case. And for also being a complete dickhead throughout his entire career and beyond. Yeah. You know, you, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Right. <laughs> right. And Jeremy Roenick is seeing that on, uh, in the long game. Right. Right. Um, okay. And then, so, Moving on, there's a lot of up-and-comers who are going to be on the ballot and probably will get in next year. You know, we've got <clears throat> Tom Barrasso, and I believe that's a penguin there. Yeah, he he was with the two cups with Lemieux. Yeah, that's a goalie. Um, 38 shutouts, 369 wins, youngest goalie to win the Calder Trophy, and, and Vesna, um, two-time cup winner. Olympic silver medal. He'll probably, I feel like he'll probably get in before Ronick. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Shane Doan, you know, uh, a stalwart guy who's, who's just a great team player. I think that the things that are going against him is that he played with the Jets and, and the Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just shy of a thousand points, which would have really helped him over the hump. Yeah. And the cup, they're going to hold that against him. Right. Two-time All-Star. Also a King Clancy Trophy remember, remember, or winner. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Shane Doan gets in. But he's well-respected across the league. So that might be one that if he does get in, you, you're like, okay, well, popularity there. Yeah. Not that it's undeserving, but, you know, when you look at the other guys. He's the kind of guy they'll they'll go easy on because they like exactly, him. right, right, exactly. Um, Patrick Elias. Now this dude, I don't know how he's not already in. I mean, he he'll be in probably next year, I would assume. Uh, Four hundred eight goals, a thousand twenty five points, Olympic bronze, two World Championship bronze medals, but two time Cup winner and nine twenty plus goal seasons. Talk about consistency. Yeah, he's a stud. And I remember watching him play and being like, man, this always there, always contributing. Mm-hmm. Now, one that I think there's there's a bunch here that are interesting. So I'm just kind of reading off this list. But Theo Fleury, 
Do you remember Theo Fleury? No, I don't remember him playing much. Uh, really, what I know him from is his interviews. Uh, really? Like, what? post-career. What do you mean? What, like, he's been on Spitting Chicklets. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, only fi- and again, here's a quote, only 15 players in HL history have averaged at least one point per game in both the regular season uh, minimum of 1,000 games and playoffs minimum 75 games. 14 are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's in, including, you know, Gretzky, Sackick, Esposito, uh, Beliveau, and Gordy Howe, Mark Messier. So yeah, he should be in it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Fleury's eventually. I feel like that's that's just a time thing. Eventually, time will eventually get him in there. If you're um, averaging uh, a point per game, there's no way that you can rationally tell me that person does not deserve the Hall of Fame. Right, right, right. Exactly in the NHL, no matter what era. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sergey Gonchar. It's an ex cap. Uh, 811 points, 220 goals, five-time All-Star, 2009 Stanley Cup champion with the fucking Pittsburgh fucking Penguins. Um, You know, defenseman, high scoring in in that era that he played in. He's also got two more cups as a coach, I think also with the Penguins. Um, So... What what do you what do you say about Gaunch here? I don't know if I would consider him a Hall of Famer for some reason. Yeah, I'm I'm not really passionate about it either way. Right. Uh, I think if he gets in, great. But if he doesn't, it's not something that I'm I'm thinking is a snub. Sure. And I want to bring up two more, and you can if you have uh, if you have uh, some. Some more, some other names just definitely will go over yours for sure. But uh, <clears throat> in the player category, Vinny LeClavier and Keith Kachuk. I feel both of those players should be in eventually. I'm not, I'm not pissed off that they haven't been in yet, but I think that eventually they need to go in. I agree. I mean, Kachuk. He's 33rd all-time on goals list. I mean, come on. I I mean, I feel like the top 50 should be (laughs) automatically in. I I do too, yeah. Um, Um, (laughs) LeCavier, he was a huge part of the Stanley Cup, and he's got a Rocket Richard, King Clancy. He's been an all-star four times. He's also got World Cup of Hockey. He was the MVP at the 04 World Cup. I don't... I mean, the only thing someone could argue against him is that he didn't hit 1,000 points. But I think the rest of his resume is impressive enough to get him in. Did you say LeClavier? Yeah. Yeah, Um. right. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm... And who doesn't know about Vinny LeClavier? Right. Even, uh, you know, even younger, I mean, like you, younger hockey fans remember him. Yeah, I mean, they were what, the first cup after the lockout or the last one before the lockout? Either way, they were right around the lockout. Um, and, and Le Cavier and St. Louis, you know, like you couldn't have one without the other. It's, right, and St. Louis in. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, Carl's, it, it's Crosby Malkin. 
it's Lemieux Yager, it's Gretzky Messier. Like, if you're going to put one in, you got to put the other. Right. And you look at LeClavier, and I loved how he played with an edge, too. He is a mean motherfucker at times. Yeah. Um, and, but I think that, you know, and again, Vinny LeClavier is a, a bigger guy. So maybe, like, you're looking at St. Louis and you're like, you know, you were not the archetype of NHL hockey player physic- physically, and maybe that gives you the extra boost. Yeah. But like overcoming that adversity. Yeah, being smaller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um <clears throat> especially in a league where everybody was trying to kill you. Right. Yeah. Um and Keith Kachuk, I mean that it's another 500 goal guy. Um I I don't think you know, I I don't know. I don't know what do you what do you think about Kachuk here? I mean, I I think he should be in there. He, uh, it seems like he has everything except the cup. Right. And, you know, only four players are ahead of him that are not in the Hall of Fame. But Ovi, Yager, and Againla this year, um, and maybe even Marlowe will eventually be there too once their careers end. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, they're saying he's just on the outside, but who, who, I mean, that's a, especially with his sons, both of his sons now in the league, it, it's, it's definitely a hockey family name, dynasty, if you will, yeah. for that family. For so, sure. So, and he, he kind of hit it off. So, uh, moving on to the women's category, and that's why there's only one per allowed in because it's the women's category. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know any of these. Uh, ones that were on the ballot: Jennifer Botterill, uh, Karen Bydeets, and Maria Ruth. I, you know, yeah, the, you know those ones aren't ones I'm familiar with. All right. Um, <clears throat> I think they should probably just stop putting a women's category in <laughs> and just lump them in as players. Right. But I guess that would kind of further, I don't know, maybe that would further women not getting in. Right. I mean, at least this way, you know, you're getting one. Right. 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 Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. I mean, obviously, Kim St. Pierre is the one that made it in, but uh, the, the, the list is, the list is big. I think last year, what, it was Wickenheiser, right? That made it in. Uh, and she's, she's now with the, with the Leafs as a coach. From if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, so uh, as far as the builder category goes, and I guess that's more like for coaches and stuff. You got any any? Uh, I mean, Tikhanov we talked about got snubbed. No, I mean uh, he's dead. He died, by the way. Yeah, um, he got snubbed in uh, scroll up. What's his name uh, from Michigan? Red, yeah, Red Berenson. Yeah, um, he's won a cup, and then he's coached and won some championships. Uh, I'd say he deserves it. Yeah, and it's funny that Hitch Ken Hitchcock's on here. Uh, Mike Keenan, you know, um, <laughs> say what you want about Mike Keenan. I mean, I'm sure the people he he coached for St. Louis, didn't he? And I know that there were people that hated him there. 
Uh, he's a very like totalitarian coach. Same with Tikhonov, though. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think Tikhonov is long overdue for being in the Hall of Fame. He's already in the IIHF, IIHF, as we said earlier. So I feel like that's the that's the biggest snub uh, of this year. I mean, Ken Holland deserves it for sure, but as far as in the builder category, Tikhonov needs to be in, even yeah. if it's uh, posthumously. I agree. All right. Well, Caps fans, let us know. I mean, if you, I, again, this is something I had to research a little bit because I am not a, a person who like gets all upset about this. I mean, obviously there's hot takes that I can take about it whenever every year I think like, why is this person not in? But at the same time, I think that everybody needs to take a step back and just be like, okay, well, obviously he just wasn't popular enough, which, you know, Tikhonov, Roman, Roenick. I mean, it, the, the evidence is there, just nobody's saying it, right, Polly? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like that It's like that friend that you bring over that you don't, nobody really likes, but, but they kind of have to have to include him for some reason, probably because he's been, been there forever. Is yeah. that me? Is Am I that friend? Yeah. Your grandfather did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right <clears throat> talk some caps well let's at least announce the uh draft oh yeah that's right yeah sorry i mean there's not a whole lot to get into we can just at least say yeah my bad my bad so i mean this is more of the more important news here the draft lottery <laughs> and this would be a, a great hockey troll hip check segment but um the nhl fucked up man i mean and I don't believe it's a bad thing for the league or anything like that. I just think that they pissed off a lot of fans. What do you think? I agree. Um, like, what was it? The mystery team? That's so, okay. Oh, yeah. I guess we should go over the results. Um, <laughs> so, the draft lottery shook up like this. Now, to make it quote-unquote fair... They had to put one placeholder in for one team who play, who who is in the play in round. The losers of that team now have like a 12.5% chance to get the first round pick. So a undecided team, which will be picked from a field of the losers of the play in round, you know, are is going to get the number one pick. So nightmare fuel situations like the Penguins losing to Montreal in the first round, getting Lafreniere are absolutely viable right now. Yeah. There are essentially 16 teams that right now have the opportunity to either play for the Stanley cup or get the first overall pick. Right. Exactly. And, and Okay, so it didn't work out for the teams who we're about to list off. So the second round pick belongs to the LA Kings. The third who goes to the Senators who had two in this top eight selection because they picked up their pick from the Sharks. Uh, poor bastards. And then the fourth goes to the Wings. The fifth, the Senators again. The sixth, the Ducks. The seventh, the Devils, and the eighth, the Sabres. <laughs> Poor Sabres. So, technically, 
all of those teams that I just listed have something to bitch about as far as they all should have, could or should have picked one, uh, one spot ahead of where they are now. And it's all been fucked up by the mystery team being um, a placeholder team, a.k.a. taking the number one. Yeah, shitty, but funny. <laughs> but also funny, right? And so, you know, you look at that and you're like, it, I just, I, I, and this kind of busts open like a, a whole new conversation. I mean, do you really think that there are teams from the beginning of the year who are like, we're just going to tank um, and and try to get a better pick? Maybe teams like the Kings or the Wings. But do you think they started the season and coaching was like, okay, boys, let's just mail it in today. We're going to suck anyways. Let's just try to get a first round pick, like the first overall pick. Well, I don't don't believe that's ever the case. No, because the lottery kind of punishes you for that. Exactly. And this, this is the ultimate, I guess... Fail safe has been triggered by this whole draft lottery. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you could argue that now teams are going to tank in the play-in rounds to get this, but I don't. I still don't believe that. I really just don't believe that in hockey, and that that they're, for instance, like the Penguin. I know that there's Penguins fans out there being as dumb as fuck as they are, saying. Well, no, let's just tank. Let's just lose to Montreal, and we'll, we could probably get Lafreniere. And the way that the NHL works, they probably would because they've favored the Penguins since, you know, Crosby's been in the league and all his all his rings are a joke. But <laughs> I think I, I think that everybody in the play-in rounds are still trying to, to get into the playoffs. I, I have to think that way. I don't think that there is a team that's just going to go and be like, oh, we're just going to mail this in and then hopefully we get a 12.5% chance at what could be a a first overall bust. I agree. You know, I just, I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that's a a good strategy. You know, I was talking on the Hockey Podcast Network Slack and, and, you know, um, a point was brought up that maybe the GMs, didn't make a lot of moves in the offseason to give the best team that they absolutely could. Right. But at the same time, their GMs, they need to look at like a five, ten year plan versus a one, two year plan, right? Absolutely. So I, I who do you think deserves to be the most butthurt in this in this whole scheme of things? Um I don't know. Maybe I'd probably be the most upset if I was a Kings fan because they're like, we have the highest pick out of the teams who didn't make it. Right. So they could say theoretically, you know, we're the ones who should have had number one. Right. Because we guess. got the number two. Yeah. I, I think that the Senators probably have the most to be pissed off about, which we had Shane on last week and he was so hyped. For this, he was like, we're going to get the number one. You know, he was, he was pumped for the future. And I've talked to him since, and he is not happy at all. Well, if they wanted that bad, they could trade three and five. If they They could, but that's stupid. Yeah. You know, this isn't a blower. I mean, this, 
Lafreniere is supposed to be incredible, right? But yeah. I think after that, it kind of drops off pretty good. And you're and you're looking at good guy. You're looking at good players who are probably going to have a long career in the NHL. So yeah, you might as well just keep two because they need two. Yeah, you know they need these two. Um, <clears throat> but you know you have two picks in the top eight, and you don't get even second. <laughs> you get third and fifth. Yeah, I mean. That's still good, though. It is, but I just... They were set up... I mean, Senators fans probably had just such a hard-on for this. Yeah. And and they were so set up... They had the, they easily had the best odds to be getting that first-round pick. Right. That, I mean, that first overall. And no. In true Ottawa fashion, they have, they have shit the bed again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Senators. And then I think that second is just Buffalo. Yeah, they poor Buffalo. They can't. They can't get anything. Right, right. Eichel's pissed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's the draft lottery, folks. I mean, um, one thing that I think that everybody needs to be cognizant of. Is oh, that's that, the exact word I was thinking. What cognizant? Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody. Well, hey, great minds, babe. Yeah. Uh, everybody needs to realize that a draft pick is a draft pick. It is. A, and we've discussed on this this pod before that after like the top 10 draft picks, you know, whether that player is going to play more than 100 games in the NHL literally just falls off a cliff. The probability of that happening just goes whoosh way down. After you get out of the first round, it's like 20% of those players in the first round are, are going to go on to have illustrious or long um prolific careers in the NHL after that it's it, after you get out of the first round it like goes in half and then after you get out of the second round it's like one in a hundred basically it's right. it's such a rare occurrence that these players actually pan out um so you know and then that's what we that's the question we posed to Shane is it he would be cool with moving draft picks for proven NHL talent, but likely not to move up in the actual selection process. Yeah, I mean that's that's smart. If either get players or just use the third and fifth pick. Right. Because I needed two players anyways. Right. Teams dumpster fire. Yeah. So you know. I you gotta sow those seeds. <laughs> um I guess we're also spoiled being Caps fans here that we, though the draft hasn't, it's been good to us, but it hasn't like defined the franchise in a long time since Ovechkin. Yeah. And we got just really fucking lucky there. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, speaking of Ovechkin, let's talk about the Caps. Let's do it. All right, so we got a little bit of talk about in the Washington wraparound today. First, and fortunately, we have some pretty sad news. Um, Alan May's son, uh, who's 27, passed away, uh, leaving behind a wife and two kids. So, you know, condolences to the May family. That that sucks really bad. Absolutely. Uh, it's tragic. You know, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I love Alan May. I love his, I love his commentary on... Uh, you know, on the sports network there, when you watch the DC home games, I feel like he's always, you know, obviously Alan May 
was a fighter when he when he played and wasn't necessarily a skill guy by any means but um i just you know he's a he's a caps fan he cares about the organization he cares about the fans uh he's you know he was he was there when we won the cup so it's just you know after having a long career with the caps and not winning anything and then seeing it here i'm sure that was huge and um just shitty shitty fucking news especially in in this whole world right now so thoughts to alan may and his family absolutely on to some lighter news though uh yeah captain is back on the ice in the capital city ovi is uh he's skating in washington at the practice facility so yeah yeah so we're one step closer to having the team together so yeah he's out of the russian camp in florida and uh, he's back home where he belongs. Absolutely. And hopefully everybody stays healthy because I know that he went to Florida for his second son's birth. Yeah. And everybody seems to be healthy and happy and coming back and hitting the ice. I mean, it's just great. It's just really awesome to see all these players come back, uh, especially to see the captain come back and Ovechkin, best goal scorer in the league right now, being able to come back and – and it just makes it more real. We yeah. are slowly but surely returning to hockey. A pinch of optimism. Exactly. <laughs> in this shitty world that we are living in, in these situations right now. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I that's kind of it for the Caps news right now. I mean, players are slowly sh- shuffling back in. So, all all good signs, you know, despite the, the surge in coronavirus... Uh, cases, it looks like the NHL is still going to trudge along, and right. I will be collecting my debts, my beer debts, yeah. when the Stanley Cup gets awarded. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, in light of the draft, or not the draft, in light of the Hall of Fame, uh, a little trivia question. Uh, troll. Yeah. Who was the most recent player draft inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame? You know what? If I didn't have the answer in front of me, um, I, I don't know who I would have picked. I, I honestly, because again, I don't really follow the Hall of Fame that much, but uh, I'm complete. I'm actually completely stumped. I'm I'm trying to think. You know, is Scott Stevens in the Hall of Fame? Yes. So, okay. actually, I just realized this. It's two people, uh-huh. same year. Phil Housley and Sergei Fedorov, uh, both in 2015. Phil Housley played 21 seasons. He was one of the most prolific scoring defensemen in NHL history. Uh, with the Caps, he spent two years in Washington, 141 games, 17 goals, and 54 assists. And uh, Fedorov, he played two years in Washington, 70 games, 13 goals, 33 assists. Um, And there are a couple more. We've got a total of nine. Um, The first was Mike Gartner. And then, which, as we all know, 700 goal club. Right. Uh, Rod Langway, Larry Murphy, Scott Stevens. Eight years with the Capitals. Right. Uh, Dino um, 
Ciccarelli? Cicerelli. Cicerelli, yeah. sorry. Uh, see, grumpy old man, I mess up our names too. <laughs> uh, Ron Weber and Adam Oates in 2012. Oates, uh, oh yeah, that's right, Oates was in. Yeah, I fucking so, forgot, completely forgot about that. Total of nine caps, um, I'm assuming there's like anywhere from three to five on the current roster for when they retire. Um, but yeah, our most recent was Fedorov and Housley in 2015. Interesting. Well, I'll say this. I mean, we've got a lot of first balloters on the team right now. At least two, I'd say. I'd say we've got Ovi and Backstrom. But, you know, I worry. I do worry that they're going to snub Backstrom for a few years. What do you think? Because really, again, he's playing in an era where centers are the most prolific goal scorers, and he's also up against centers like Malkin, Crosby. Yeah, I think it might take him a year or two. Um, <clears throat> honestly, he, he might get like a, a caviar treatment, take him a couple years. Yeah. Uh, but I think they'll both end up there. Ovi, first ballot. Yeah, uh, I mean, if again was the first ballot, Ovi's the first ballot. Yeah, no shit. All right. I mean, that's but, a no-brainer. But. <clears throat> Hosa gives me a little bit of hope for Backstrom. Yeah, and, and what do you think about Holpe? Because goalies all are a constant snub, as we've covered earlier in this episode. I mean, do you think Holpe gets a shot early in? Mm, I think it's going to take a couple. I really? Think, I think they're, unless he's with um, a weak yeah, first class. eligibility class, Yeah, I think it's going to take a couple years. He wins another cup. I think he's in. Uh, he's got... Was he on Team Canada for the World Cup? Ooh, I don't think so, man. I mm. don't believe Holpe's had a lot of play internationally. Yeah, so that would be something that would give him a little more of an edge. But I think I think those three are the most likely. Um, maybe Orpig in the future. Mm. I don't yeah. know. He, he might not have enough stats to make it happen. Right. Because uh, I, mean, I don't think Wilson yeah. is don't a think... Hall of Famer unless he has a couple, uh, if he breaks off a couple 35, 40 goal seasons. Tom Wilson? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Lars Eller. Lars Eller, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe if Kuznetsov breaks off a couple of uh, point seasons above his. He's going to need a couple more 100 pointers, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's going to need, like, a McDavid season or two. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, Caps fans, we're, we're biased as fuck here, so... <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would say all those guys deserve to be in, and maybe even John Carlson as well. Um, At least we're grounded enough to know that the whole roster isn't yeah. eligible. Right, unlike Penguins fans who are probably like, why didn't Sergei Gonchar get in? This yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, but we are so are also claiming Scott Stevens when he made his real money with New Jersey. Right, he had his most success, but you know, he again, you know, it's Destiny's doorstep, right? Or doormat, even the yeah. Washington Capitals. You're welcome, New Jersey, for developing him. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I wonder what Neil Neil has to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, 
you know what I we've been talking for a while. Oh, we didn't we didn't do a beer league update. Oh yeah, we got waxed <laughs> five to one. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, uh, Paulie, you were you were literally a just a passenger that whole game too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you did send me a nice pass that I completely fucked up though. Yeah, the that's about all I have these days. Yeah. Uh, I still have a nice shot, but my aim is terrible. I just put it into the goalie. All right. So um, I had an assist. I was on the score sheet multiple times. Yeah, three fucking stupid penalties. Jesus. <laughs> what do you Christ. mean stupid penalties, dude? All right, we you, you hooked know, a guy, we, huh? You hooked a guy. No, the one was a slash, and it was only because. Okay, so what? I, there was a trip. There was a slash. The slash was in the corner. I came over top of this fucking Bambi fuck and came down and my stick, you know, we're playing the puck. He's, he, I, I front him and my stick comes down on his wrist and he like squeals like a little baby and the, the ref is right there. Like I didn't even like, I hit him with basically my glove. That's how close. That was, that was weak. The only reason he called it is because of the squeal. Right. And so I get that. I don't even remember what the second one was. Not important. But then there was a third one at the end of the game. I think we lost 6-1 to one or something. Yeah. They didn't and even bother putting that last goal up on the board. Yeah. we. Got, I got split. This fucking douchebag that plays, plays on this thing split us. And, uh, you know, I just... I, He's the type of player that if you get anywhere near his feet, he's just going to fall. Yeah. Because he's a fucking pussy. So, I don't know how, I don't know how you, and I get, I get the argument for, like, being a more clean player, but, like, I don't get how you just dive like that in beer league. Yeah, that was, it, it was theatric. Yeah, like, I, I mean. Is it theatric or theatrical? Theatrical, probably. Yeah, okay. But how do I mean? How do you go home and sleep at night after diving and flopping around in a fucking beer league game? Yeah, that's bad. I mean, I take pride in the fact that if you know, yeah, like I'm, I'll, I'll get into the rough stuff. Like I'll play a little bit on the edge. But if you do that to me, you know, I don't even acknowledge it because it's, it's kind of like. Pre-wreck, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> into the happier stuff. Uh, roller starts this week. We've got a Tuesday and a Thursday game. Tuesday's going to be brutal. We play roller, and then we play ice. Hockey trolls driving this time. And oh, yeah. uh, then we have a game Sunday evening as well, so we can skate out all of our 4th of July hot dogs and beer. Fuck. So, we should have... Weather permitting, four games to update on next week. I'm sure because we'll probably record after we play since it's such an early game. Right. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure fans are just on the edge of their seats for that, Polly. Yeah, this is the time they turn us off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into hockey, apocalypse Pittsburgh, aka the last place that you'd want to go ever, ever, apocalypse or not. Um, we got to tell you about Manscaped, our sponsor. 
manscaped.com. Use code THPN, get 20% off and free shipping. They've got the Lawnmower 3.0 out, designed for groin grooming. Uh, you know, your balls will thank you. They, you know, first of all, it's, it's a hygiene thing, you know. Um, you you want to shave every place you'd want a mouth to go. Exactly. And this will let you do it safely. So remember, manscaped.com, use code THPN. Um, Polly, you're, did you say you were going to be using it here this weekend or something? Yeah, I was in the shower the other day and I was like, it's time. It's time to, it's time. Time to clean up. Yeah. And, uh, Nick Free? Yep. Good. Good. Smooth as you'd want him to be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get, we'll have to get your wife on here to testify that. <laughs> Uh, she'd probably prefer not to. (laughs) All right. Well, remember Caps fans, manscaped.com, use code THPN, get 20% off and free shipping. Thank us later. Here is our interview with the two Nicks, Nick Berlansky and Nick Horwat from the tip of the iceberg podcast, our little baby sister podcast on the hockey podcast network and the weakest rival that I think we have, though it is a strong rivalry. Um, <laughs> tune in to Hockey Ocalypse Pittsburgh, the last place you'd want to go in Apocalypse or otherwise. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here solo because Polly Cupcakes has a date with his grandma with the tip of the iceberg boys who are joining me for Hockeyocalypse Pittsburgh, literally the last place you'd want to go during <laughs> regular times. So why not make it the last edition of Hockeyocalypse in general? Nick Berlansky, Nick Horwat, how you guys doing? Feeling good, man. We are feeling great. Um, weather's are get, weather's getting nice. I've been out on the golf course a couple of times, and you said you played hockey the other day. Things are getting back to normal a little bit, man. Things are going looking good. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm excited to be here, HT. Um, <laughs> last time you caught me on anything was that after hour show, and I was a little in a little bit of a rough <laughs> shape. So hopefully, I'll do a little better this time. Oh, oh man. Uh, fuck, Horwat. Did you see Berlansky on that? I'm yet to I'm yet to watch it. I'm gonna have to soon though. <laughs> yeah, I saw the what, screenshot man? and the whole crew looked looked interesting <laughs> and <laughs> um, looked like some certified studs, as I believe I responded to the tweet with. And looks like a good time. Yeah, um, I guess if you want to call it that, we were everybody was drunk for sure, and. Um... I mean, Berlansky tunes in in the middle of a. Were you at a? You said you were at a party, at a. <laughs> yeah, my cousin's party. uh, my cousin's graduation party. <laughs> I just went upstairs and jumped on on my phone. Okay, yeah, and dude, Horwat, he was cheesing, just sitting there looking at the camera, drinking a bottle of Pink Whitney, and just mm-hmm. cheesing at. The, <laughs> and every time we would try to kick the conversation over to him, 
he would say like five words that didn't really make sense and then and then just be like ah, i'm drunk and then we would just be like okay and pick it back up <laughs> yeah that's that's drunk berlansky i've seen it a handful of times in person um he's usually a little more coherent whenever i see him hammered but hey uh things yeah, happen listen, I, guess. I had no recollection the next day of even being on that show so <laughs> i'm surprised i didn't say anything stupid so that's all that's that was a win right no you you were great it was a good time it was a good time um and i'm i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad that you were doing it from home um and and we're in well in a, in a somewhat safe environment at least at your cousin's uh party people were taking care of you um mm-hmm. what you didn't see is uh benders came on and he was literally it was 10 20 at night for him in louisiana and he's getting like he's getting a fade done <laughs> and drinking they're drunk and he see and he and his barber are drunk <laughs> oh. and he's and he's like yeah go ahead cut my hair you know what that is that's ultimate trust voice scissors around the neck with inebriation just doesn't I mean, sound like a good time <laughs> that's louisiana for you though that's <laughs> exactly. just in the perfect picture exactly oh man um <laughs> Well, boys, again, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, obviously, always a good time, even though uh, we are quite the rivals here, both on the network and, you know, as our hockey teams are. As we near the return of hockey, I kind of want to reflect to the Penguins, who, you know, I'm not going to say they did release COVID, but man, did did this break help them? I mean, take us through what your outlook on the team was pre pre pause, because I'm, I was saying, and I was very vocal as I am with all things almost that Mm -hmm. they were going to play themselves out of the playoffs. I mean, it seemed kind of like that. I mean, shortly before this whole thing hit, we were in a losing streak that, you know, cost us three games in California. Things weren't looking too good. I mean, we had this fire goaltender in Tristan Jari who all of a sudden couldn't make a save. Um, and Matt Murray started turning around a little, but not to the extent that we would have wanted him to, considering, you know, multiple losses to three of the worst teams in the league in part of a long losing streak. We finally picked up a couple of wins and then the whole thing stopped. Right. Things were finally starting to turn around for us. At least that's what I thought going into um, this little break, I guess you could call it. Um, and that's kind of what kicked us out of, you know, the top four spot in this whole 2014 thing that we got going on now. Right. Berlansky, you got anything to add to that? Uh, I mean, I totally agree. They were, they were not playing well. I mean, you lose eight of the last 11 and Horowat mentioned three of those were against the California teams that are not even making the 2014 playoffs. So it was pretty embarrassing that stretch, but I looked at the fact that they did just bring in four new forwards for their forward core. So it was going to take a little bit of a while for them to catch up. And I just thought the rest of the conference, honestly, and the Metropolitan Division wasn't playing all that stellar other than, I mean, Philadelphia and Washington was playing pretty well. Other than that, nobody else really was. So the Penguins were not playing great, but nobody else really was. I think they still would have made the playoffs if everything would have went normally, but they definitely were falling at the time. Yeah, right. we were able to lose and still hold on to that third spot, basically. True, and and you know what? I'll even give you that Washington wasn't playing very well pre-pause. I think, I mean, I was I was infuriated because I was infuriated, yet it was bittersweet because the only team that it seemed like we could beat was the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. That was like the, and I was like, yes, this is amazing. And then we would beat you guys, and then 
just go get like destroyed by New Jersey the next the the next game or something. And it was just like, okay, so the Penguins are the only now it can't it, it went from we could never beat the Penguins, now the Penguins are the only team that we can beat. Um I guess this is just life as a Caps fan. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, I mean um now we'll we'll jump ahead. Uh, do you think that this um I mean this this shutdown ha- I mean you guys are getting guys back right so just talk on I mean Gunsel just in it is right coming back is is got to be huge right and there's more right so talk on that I think the biggest thing is Gensel, and you mentioned him. It's not that he's just a guy that plays with Sidney Crosby. He's a guy that was a 40-goal scorer last year and also a guy that you look at his playoff performances, and he is clutch. He was clutch in the 17 playoffs when they want the whole way to the Stanley Cup, and he even played well in the 18 playoffs. He, he completely blasted the Flyers in the first round, and they played half decently against the Capitals. Not great, but it's what you expect after a year-and-a-half run from somebody that, that that's that young. But I think it was just the fact that he was coming back, and yes, there's still there's still injuries to the Pittsburgh Penguins, Dom Simone and Nick Bugstad, who has not been healthy at all for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But you look at their D core is healthy. Their forward core, that top six, is is healthy. And with Gensel and then the addition of Zucker late in the season, it's really going to make it tough for other teams to match up in this play-in, playoff experience that we're about to have, hopefully in about a month. So it, it did help the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially with somebody like Jake Gensel. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. Gensel was the biggest name that we probably have returning because of this time off. Outside of that, I know Zach Aston Reese was hurt. Um, I'm assuming he's healthy now. We haven't heard updates from him, but I mean, he's been playing NHL 20 with, you know, his roommate, Brian Rustin, who's about to play some big sports net tournament um, for NHL 20. So assuming he's healthy, he'll be probably put back in the lineup. It's going to be an overflowed lineup. Like there are going to be guys that, um, would be possibly, you know, regular spot holders in this lineup that are going to be healthy scratch probably. Cause you forget that we picked up Evan Rodriguez and sure, you know, I'm not saying we're going to scratch Patrick Marlowe, but you, I forgot he was on the team for a little while during this whole time off. <laughs> yeah. So we have this overflow of guys now. <clears throat> no, that's, that's a really good point. Um, and I know that you guys, uh, well, speaking on Zach Aston Reese, I mean, has he really been the same since? since Wilson destroyed him, but that, sorry, that was a low blow. I'll just, we'll just move on from there. You don't even have to say anything. Um, so what I was going to, what, I guess the, the question is because you do have this kind of, uh, and for lack of a better term, a glut of forwards here. Uh, if, if the NHL playoff rules kind of hold fast and who knows exactly what they're going to do about the, uh, about the, um, uh, structure of the teams going in, but you guys just had talked about this on your most recent episode, which this is this episode we're recording a little bit in advance, but uh, probably at the time of release a couple weeks ago about who the Black Diamonds would be, right? I mean, do you have any give us some insight on that? Because I don't know if you heard, but the Caps are calling up uh, old Connor McMichael, who has had a stellar season in the O. I'll let Brolanski handle it because I think he had better opinions on who our call-ups would be than I did. Yeah, I did listen to your last episode, Troll and McMichael. I'm going to be honest. I'm excited to watch him play, but there's a couple players for the Penguins. Namingly, P.O. Joseph is probably going to a shoe-in to be called up as part of the Black Diamonds or Black Aces or whatever you call them. It's the fact that people expect him to be ready for next season already, 
and why not call him up, get him those practices. And if he gets a chance to get into a game, why not let him into a game? It, it happened well with McCarr last year. It could possibly happen well with P.O. Joseph. And then on the forward side of things, we have our top two prospects that just finished pretty good seasons down in the CHL. Sam Poulin was our first round draft pick last year, the first first round draft pick. And I don't even know how many years. And he lit it up in the QMJHL for the Sherbrooke Phoenix. So he played extremely well and the Penguins were really high on him. And they were also really high on Nathan Legare. He's a really good small forward that is kind of like compact, like a Brian Russ basically, but he has a little bit of a better shot than Russ does, at least at this point of his career. And they really liked him during rookie camp. They really liked him during the preseason. He scored a couple really nice goals at PPG Paints Arena. So I could see those guys getting called up. Again, it's it's not confirmed yet, but I could see those guys getting called up and being a part of the roster, at least as a black ace or black diamond. Absolutely. And, and you know, I look at the McMichael call up as an attaboy for having a good season and, and, you know, getting a little bit of a reward for the young guy, then send him back down inevitably to a lower league to develop more. Um, unless of course he scores a hundred goals and then it's like, okay, well, I guess you've earned a, you've earned a spot on the team, but, uh, that's about as likely as, um, I mean, as the penguins winning the cup, I hope. Yep, right? that, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, I mean, with, with the, all those guys, I mean, do you think that it's because you guys are, are from the start, from the get go playing for life, right? I mean, playing your season's on the line every series now. Um, do you, I mean, do you really see them getting a lot of ice time? Or is it kind of like I don't. boy? Yeah, I don't depends. see them getting any ice time, really. I mean, Horowat mentioned it a little bit earlier. They are stacked when it comes to NHL-ready forwards before this pause. So calling right. up two guys from, from the CHL that played in, only in the CHL this year, it's, it's not likely, of course, unless... Pittsburgh Penguins are going to Pittsburgh Penguin. They're going to have a, a stretcher, a parade of stretchers on the ice if, if they hold up to what they did in the regular season. I don't believe that they will have that much playing time, if any. But who knows? If anything, they'll get some nice practice time. Absolutely. That's cool. And, and you know, I think that being able to come in and, and hang out with the guys in the locker room and is, is probably at that young age and development gives them the the look into the lifestyle and then hopefully is a good motivator right for for future seasons for them yeah you come up here and you like it oh sorry horrell go ahead you're good because i was gonna just dig into whenever um how we were joking about casey to smith coming back because he's missed the lifestyle all year this year he was our regular backup last season right he finally got a chance to maybe be a backup again for a game or two um, whenever we had goalie, whenever go, had a goalie issue, and he lost his passport, and we had to instead pick up a mill army for the backup situation. And we were joking that um, Casey was probably camping out in front of the Lemieux complex <laughs> before the first practice, um, like because when video and pictures came out of the Penguins' first practice, Casey DeSmith was the goalie there, and yeah. not Matt Murray or Tristan Jari. So we knew he was chomping at the bit to be back in an NHL uniform and back on NHL ice. So you know. Put Absolutely. me in, coach. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't. I have my passport now. You know that thing that I probably should have had. <laughs> Found it, and it's time. not leaving my side now. <laughs> <laughs> Staples it oh, to his man. hip. <laughs> so, um, one last thing before we get into the hockey apocalypse, and and I truly do want to know your opinion on this. 
Polly, the ever, I guess, the ever present hype man slash positive influence in my life has said that, you know, <laughs> the, the, that my prediction that I've been saying all year long that the Penguins were not going to make the playoffs. He's, he's saying that that might, I might be able to hold water and carry that a little bit because technically, technically they have not made the playoffs. And if they get knocked out by Montreal, which, you know, obviously there's been a lot of drama surrounding that, but if they get knocked out by Montreal, you know, that's, that's, is that the play, is the play in round the playoffs, boys? Am I wrong or right? I mean, I know you guys are probably going to say I'm wrong, but come on, like, let's, let's be a little <laughs> bit objective here. What do you think? In the league's technical terms, it's not playoffs. So if you're going by that standard, I think, yeah, you're right. But I think I, I may have said it on one of the podcasts. There's kind of a difference in postseason and playoffs because, it's technically postseason play because the right. regular season is over, but right. it's not really the playoffs yet. So we can still have a postseason streak, but not a playoff streak. I don't know. But in the technical terms, it's not playoffs. We do have to fight to get in. And, um, yeah, and, and but in probably, our terms, we're probably going to consider it as a playoff berth just as fans. <laughs> yeah. So Polly described it as a purgatory being the uh, raised Catholic that he is. But yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I called it too. I said yep. it's just hockey purgatory yeah. for five games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so okay, so then, well, what do you what do you think? So are you? I mean, I know it's it's really going to grind your guys' gears if you guys get knocked out in this playing round, and I start saying, "Well, I told you that the ca- the that the Penguins were not going to make the playoffs." What do you agree with Horwat's assessment here that it's like because? For me, it, it you're I Horwat. It was the exact same thing. It was like the the league's calling it the postseason, but they are still having the same exact format for playoffs. Right. So, what do you think, Polanski? Yeah. And and we posed this question a couple of weeks ago on our on our show, and and I was looking at it like, listen, it it can't be because even though it's a play in, and even though if you lose, you get a shot at the draft lottery. I was like. You can't tell me that if you look back on the season and this Pittsburgh Penguins team finished seventh place in the National Hockey League and you can't call them a playoff team. I I was mad about that. But since that, I looked at it and I said, you know what? It truly is because it's it's the COVID Cup and it, it, it can do crazy shit. And that's what I've been preaching since this all started is I want to see crazy shit. And I guess it backfired on me really badly. (laughs) So hopefully it doesn't get too crazy. I Personally, don't think the Penguins are going to have an issue with the Canadians. I just don't see it in their forward lineup, and I don't see it in their defensive lineup. But if they do happen to lose, I'll take the consolation, and the hockey god shall shine down on us, and we'll take Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> and <laughs> only, old, I mean, <laughs> and only in Pittsburgh would that fucking happen. You lucky. <laughs> Only in fucking obviously I'm I'm bullshitting, but I figured that get a rise out of you, hockey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So maybe the jury's still out, and uh, we'll see. We'll see who I can get to bite on social media, depending on the outcome. Because obviously, I would love to see the Canadians just come in and beat them in three. But I I agree with you. I mean, to be completely honest, who knows? Um, 
I don't, I think that the, the big thing here is that's working. The only, there's two things working for the Canadians. One, the shorter series and piggybacking off one, Carey Price, because now he only has to steal a total of three games versus four. And that I feel like is the big difference maker. But I think over all over the ice, the the Penguins have the Canadians handily outmatched, injured or not. Yeah. Which I, man, that hurts to say. That fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the consensus over here too. Is that as long as Carey Price doesn't, you know, just literally Reverse become a, a brick trophy. wall. Yeah, right. and. If, as long as that doesn't happen, we should be fine. He's the only, you know, not not the only threat, but he's their biggest threat on that team. Sure. Absolutely. I would say probably the best player there. Um, okay. Well, boys, you want to you get into Hockeyocalypse here? That's what Absolutely. I'm here for. Okay. All <laughs> right. Here we go. Now, <clears throat> so, okay. Imagine Pittsburgh. Um you know, complete shit show, terrible town, uh, you know, almost on fire. So basically just a regular day in Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> you were cycling your jokes, troll. You said that when you were talking to the Philly guy. Uh, oh. You're right. You are right. That's all right. You're calling it out. Well, Hey, you know what? I have this saying that, you know, the Philly fans and the Pittsburgh fans all like to fight each other. It's like this weird infighting thing, but they don't realize that they're really so similar and, and basically kind of the same thing. Flyers fans and, and Penguins fans. <laughs> Does that sting? That sting a little bit? <laughs> a little. I mean, as a, people from Pittsburgh, we don't like the Philly side. Like, that's almost a completely different state. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. And But we know it's well the same. New Jersey. <laughs> basically. <laughs> okay. You know right, what? You know, New Jersey's where all the shit from New York goes. New, New, Philly's where all the shit from New Jersey goes. So it just keeps downgrading <laughs> as you go south. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad Anthony's not here. Um. <laughs> Anthony would just torch us right now, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So <clears throat> Pittsburgh, truly, you know, you can see things are breaking down. Um, it's it's absolute havoc. Where are you guys going when everything goes to shit? Or what, you want to lead off? Or you? I'm going to let you lead off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a minute. Right. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure, Hockey Troll, have you seen The Dark Knight? Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of the best Well, there's a line uh, in there by the there. Joker. What was that? I said one of the best scenes there is when Heinz Ward is, is running that ball and then oh. and then it just explodes They're... like the whole st- I'm like, man, can't why can't that happen at PBG Tank Paints? There? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a good line in there. It's called Some People Just Like to Watch the World Burn. That'd be me. So what I'm probably doing is going right up Mount Washington, getting myself a nice grand view apartment, barricading myself in there, sitting out on the patio with some pink Whitney or Miller Light and just watch <laughs> looking down at Pittsburgh and just watching the madness. Taking back. <laughs> and you would you would see I mean, you know, say what you will about like, you know, getting around in Pittsburgh, but Mount Washington provides an incredible view of the entire city. So you would definitely see everything there. So okay, so you're gonna hunker down and just kinda accept fate. Because I mean, honestly, you're not getting out of the tunnels there. <laughs> no. Not a chance. 
Well, I mean, one of them's probably closed for construction. You got to find the reroute, and it's traffic everywhere. Right, right. Um, um, okay, so what, what are you going to do? God, I'm going to probably just pick up a last meal somewhere and do the same thing with Berlansky. Just <laughs> a last Pittsburgh meal, at least. Maybe like a Permani sandwich or some sort of Eaton Park meal. and Just chill <laughs> and figure it out, fight it out. Um yeah, that'd be my probably the same thing. Just accept the fate with a nice, you know, Pittsburgher in my hands. <laughs> All right. So you you guys are um you know, that's that's a first for sure that both hosts have said they're just gonna meet up and, and barricade themselves wherever they are. Which we, we'll record our final episode there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it, you know, honestly I feel like um in apocalypse situations people everybody are is gonna be like oh we gotta get out of town we gotta get the hell out of here obviously me being in wheeling i mean i am the (laughs) get the hell out of here location so uh i would probably be hunkering down me and polly for sure but um you know i think a lot of people i think that's what everybody's gonna do try to leave the location that they're currently in wherever it is and get somewhere um, I don't think that the highway systems, uh, especially in Pittsburgh and other metro- major metropolitan areas, could handle this mass exodus. So that would be the worst case scenario is getting stuck in traffic and like gridlocked and then just having to abandon your car, like walking dead style. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, so. I mean, yeah, that would be rough, especially. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty lazy every once in a while. So if my car would shut down, I'd be like, I guess I'm sitting here. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> We've seen LA's five lane highways get backed up with everyone trying to get in and out. Pittsburgh at most at only certain points has three lanes and it's pretty brutal on the two lane parts. So, you know, getting out of town with a pretty decent amount. I mean, yeah, we're a smaller city um, population wise, but right. everyone at once trying to get on the, on those streets, it's, it's not happening. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, hey, good answer, boys. Um, the next question is, so, you know, obviously you don't, you guys don't live in Mount Washington now. So you're, you're obviously going to have to like ransack and commandeer someone's apartment. What one item are you taking for survival? And then what one item are you taking for hockey nostalgia? Now, this is maybe something that would pass on the game to future post-apocalyptic generations or, you know, just kind of something that that is very special to you that maybe you got in in your time with with being a hockey fan. Oh, well, we're already grabbing my answer, something, yeah. So because I have I'll it, let in, him go. I have it in range. Uh, I'm grabbing my first ever hockey jersey, my Johan Hedberg jersey. Oh, <laughs> for the hockey one. Whoa, um, that is a throwback name. Oh it's man, an awesome jersey. He's the reason why I'm all into hockey like I am. As for survival, um gotta be a case right case of another light or something <laughs> case of beer <laughs> yeah i could survive with that maybe um maybe my knife i don't i don't have much <laughs> by way of survival other than that and a baseball bat <laughs> all right well fair enough then okay so some sort of <clears throat> a weapon or alcohol for horwat yep. and and berlaska see that you alcohol. have you have you have pulled something out of your closet I have, yeah. I didn't even think about it till he pulled his jersey out. So that would be my memorabilia part. But for uh, survival, I mean, the world only has a finite amount of bullets, right? right. <laughs> so give me like a machete or something because that can both 
be a utility and a weapon and like a protecting thing. So I would go with like a machete or just a really big ass knife, I guess. That'd be fine because <laughs> I feel like that would really help. And then uh, for hockey nostalgia memorabilia, I didn't even remember I had this in there. It's actually signed. It's a hockey stick signed by the 2009 Pittsburgh Penguins. Ooh, whoa. I would take that and I would, uh, you know, the names would provide stories for me to tell future generations like this is what hockey was these are the players and tell them the stories and just spread it that way and then you could just use the outline of the stick to just try to create other sticks out of i don't know wood i'm not really a woodworker so <laughs> but you could use it as like a a form or, or something and there you go you have sticks for the next generation and stories for years and years to go absolutely that's that's a nice piece there berlansky what uh, yeah I am curious as to what is the actual curve of this? Like, where did you get that <laughs> stick? What what curve is it? And it should tell you up by the handle. Yeah. Uh, just... Is it like a Crosby or is it a, or is there even a name? It doesn't even look like there's a name. I feel like it was just a memorabilia piece. So they didn't really put all that much into it. Like it has Pittsburgh Penguins on the handle and stuff. Uh, it okay. doesn't really say. I would say it's probably closer to a, that's a weird toe. It's probably closer to a Malkin then, but yeah. at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I think my mom won it at some sort of gun raffle or something like that. And then she was just <laughs> like, well, I don't want this. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's, that's awesome. a good victory. And it has oh, yeah, all, I'll take everyone it. from the 09. Yeah. That's from the, the from the 09 team, cup, correct? it has all, all down right here. And I have the like verification page and everything. So Ooh. it's great. Wow. Very cool. I don't know why that's in a closet. I figure you would have that enshrined somewhere. Well, yeah, I don't really have anything on my walls and the closet is the only place my cat can't get to it. So <laughs> that's where it goes. There you go. All right. Fair enough. That's a very cool piece uh, by both of you guys. So, so good stuff there. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's a, here's the Pittsburgh or the, the, the location based questions starting up. Say you have the foresight intuition, so so you know things are on edge, but the sh the city of Pittsburgh hasn't shut down and nothing's on fire yet. But you know, like okay, this is my day. I've got to go out and do uh, one last thing in this city, and and before it burns, what is that one last thing for you guys? Hmm. You know what? Well, that's I, a, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. Um. Off the top, the only thing that's like sticking with me right now is just taking one last walk across the Clemente Bridge. Okay. Toward PNC Park, to like going to a game. Um, down the middle lane because they would always close the street part of it for pirate games. So I'd have to yes. say something like that. You know what? That a is nostalgia a... trip down the down the road and call it there. Right, because the the least expensive and best parking is right across that that uh that mm -hmm. bridge right there on the corner i think it's only like five bucks to park there for a, for a pirates game um oh yeah sixth so. and four Duquesne, beautiful place to park only yeah i think it's like six or seven bucks for event parking and you're closer than you're gonna get anywhere on the north shore right oh yeah exactly exactly that's a that's a good one and yes that i feel um as someone who's spent some time in pittsburgh uh especially going to the the team that I do support in Pittsburgh, the Pirates, uh, because you know, like I've told you before, they're the quintessential Pittsburgh team in my eyes. They should they should that's how all Pittsburgh teams should be. Just have a nice park and be terrible. The and, and that's all the <laughs> all the other 
the team, all the other Pittsburgh teams should follow suit with that. But, um, but yes, I, I that, that is a cool walk and it definitely gets yeah. you hyped up to walk right into the park there. So, okay. That's a good one. That's a great one. Um, Berlansky. Yeah. I, I'm stuck between a couple, so I'll just have to pick one. And if anybody's ever been to Pittsburgh early Sunday morning, it kind of already looks like an apocalypse happened because there is zero people in downtown Pittsburgh on a Sunday morning. Cause I, sure. I mean, Pittsburgh's more of a business type city. So Sunday mornings, it was nice and quiet. We both went to, to school down there, right in downtown. So I'd like to go on, on morning runs on Sunday mornings and just go around the city. It felt like it was, it was just mine. It felt like it was all just my city to take and my city to run around. So I'd probably do one last run, you know, go up by the little new statue of PPG, go over to the North shore, like Horwat said. So probably just one more stroll around, the, around the city. And then, like I said earlier, right up to Mount Washington, where I can just commandeer somebody's <laughs> Grandview apartment and just watch watch it burn. Chop up somebody weak with your machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, uh, downtown is basically dead on the on those Sundays because it's very much a business. Uh, everybody there downtown is is basically working. So, so uh, and yeah, I've, I've experienced that too. So. But they, it was more so I'm hungover and driving out of Pittsburgh through downtown and seeing like, oh, man, this is really easy to get out of now. Just got to follow the, the signs for the airport and I'm out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Nice cool. and simple. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So then w- what about your town or what in your town are you going to miss most? And as as you're watching it, uh, basically roast from Mount Washington there. Wow. I mean, you, you could get really sentimental with this, but yeah, uh, I don't ahead. know. To me, it would just be the, the camaraderie of, of the sports fans there. I know that uh-huh. you might not agree with us, Hockey Troll, but <laughs> whenever, <not>. e- <laughs> whether it's the Penguins going to the cup final, when, whenever the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl, or even that those couple years that me and Horwat together were walking across the Clemente Bridge when the Pirates were in the playoffs, just how this town shows out for its sports teams and how it shows out for everything they're really it's really a tight-knit community so i'd miss seeing everybody get together and really band together for for one cause whether that's you know rooting on the capitals demise or being surprised (laughs) that the pittsburgh pirates had a winning season so that's that's one thing i'd really miss cool yeah and yeah it does have a small town feel and in a a big community there for sure whether i agree with the the community stance or not uh, i'll admit it does have that what about you, Horwat? Yeah. That's a good one, too. I mean, this the camaraderie with our sports teams is unmatched, it seems, because, I mean, when our teams are on, they're on, and our fans are behind it. As for – I would probably just miss hockey itself. I mean, I'll specifically talk about the Penguins stuff because, I mean, that's what's meant the most to me as part of being a Pittsburgher. I mean, aside from being born and raised here and, you know, wanting to spend more of my life here, um, just – the hockey team is something that's gotten me through more than just, you know, being a fan of sports. It's gotten me through, you know, just, you know, growing up, you know, going through some shit and just pulling out on the other side. And hockey's always been there no matter what. Um, having the greatest player in the world, Sidney Crosby, on my team has always helped it too. So <laughs> little things about it. It's um, just always been there for me. I was lucky enough to, you know, you know, be watching the team whenever they were shit and as, as I said before, when Hedberg was their goalie, I mean, right. It's something I've been doing and watching for years. And um, 
it's one thing I want to keep doing for the rest of my life is watching hockey. So I'd say just missing the team, missing the arena. I mean, hell, I already miss Civic Arena. So I'm adding PPG paints to it, I guess. (laughs) Sure. No doubt. And, um, and, and interestingly enough, you actually work in sports media, right? So yeah, so trying you're to definitely, at least, <laughs> trying to keep yeah. it going. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely ingrained in into that lifestyle and, and everything. So, hey, I mean, uh, I can't blame you there. Obviously, I think that everybody probably feels the miss the missing of hockey for sure. But uh, for it to be completely gone and wiped off the earth would be so tragic. <clears throat> okay. Um, last question, and, and I know this is probably we're gonna probably uh, get really into this one. And I know I already know what the hell you guys are gonna say, but <laughs> what's more likely, the world ending, or the Pittsburgh Penguins winning a cup in three years? Three years? Oh, it's gotta be the Penguins then. <laughs> Is the world gonna end in the next three months? Well, <laughs> so either the world ending, yeah, in that three year span, what's more likely to happen, the world ending okay. or, you know. Yeah, so the world could end tomorrow, but we're we're going. We'll we'll play that one. What, long. what happens got, first? Yeah. What, okay. Within the next, I mean, in that time, what's more likely to happen? Either event. Oh uh, yeah, definitely the the Pens, Pens probably winning the Stanley Cup. I, I would think is more likely because although the world is 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 tailing in that direction, <laughs> I, I still think the Penguins have a chance this year. So I'll I'll stick true to my guns on that, and I'll say the Penguins first gonna have to agree with that i mean at one point in this season i was outwardly behind the penguins winning the cup i think that was before the whole losing streak happened and whenever jari was getting hot and we and i believe murray could still be hot i was fully behind us winning the cup this season and i'm still behind it to to this day it's just a matter of having all the dominoes fall in the right way and it's looking like that could easily happen with cancel coming back and maybe three good goalies if we need to dig to it Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and when you have Malkin Crosby, I, it should be a shot every year, right? Yeah. You would think. Um, yeah. Which God is, is terrible to stay. It's terrible to hear myself say that. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah. And I mean, I would have to agree though. I mean, they're always a threat, always a playoff team. Um, and who knows? I mean, one thing I will say that I'm looking forward to this, um, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this COVID cup as it's been coined. I mean, this, this has to be, this is uh, the, while the circumstances are, sh- are shit that as to why it's happening, this has got to be one of the most exciting times in hockey. I mean, we're getting the reseeding after every round, we're getting matchups we don't ordinarily see in a playoff-like situation, even though the play-in rounds may or may not be considered the playoffs. It's that same um, do-or-die atmosphere and 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 uh, situation. So, I mean, uh, overall, you guys got to be excited for just how this is going to be playing out anyways, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Go ahead. To have hockey come back in the first place is just something that I am – completely amped for and then just the way that it's coming back it's 24 teams like you mentioned ht it is so many new matchups like edmonton versus chicago 
that right. it's going to be a great matchup. Vancouver, Minnesota, great matchup. I mean, Pittsburgh, Montreal, it's something it's only happened twice in the history of the league. So it's going to be so much fun to watch these matchups. And then also, like you mentioned, the receding, we might have, I mean, knock on wood, fingers crossed, all that the above, we might have a Washington-Pittsburgh conference finals, which is something that we've been probably yearning for since 2010. So it it does give the opportunity for a very, very fun two months. And also, right after that, we have, what, a month, month and a half off, and then we have hockey again. So for all this pain that we're going through now without hockey, we're going to have more than enough come the end of 2020, hopefully. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, what about what about you or what? Yeah, it's an exciting time. I think Blancy covered all the bases. It is more than just a penguin. You're good. It's more than just a penguins Canadians uh, matchup. It is going to be, you know, watching all these other matchups, watching the I'm interested in see how the round Robin plays out, too. Sure. I'm not sure if, you know, like the Bruins could drop to a four, but you know, watching the round robin play out is going to be interesting because those are obviously the top eight teams and top four to eight teams in the league and seeing how they play against each other and the struggle of fighting for a higher spot, maybe an easier an easier way to the cup. Who knows? With all this time off and guys just coming in hot immediately all at once, it'll be interesting to watch. Every game is going to be a either a shit show or... <laughs> incredible hockey because who knows what you know apparently vegas or another canadian city has in store for being a host city and it's gonna be interesting to see how things go whether it be the game broadcasts or even just just the empty arena feel of it it's gonna be all interesting to watch right and it's interesting that you bring up the uh, the hub cities because that takes i mean that's gotta add uh, or or take away I'm I'm sorry take away a lot of fatigue and extra time and extra bullshit that these players have to endure to get to and from wherever they're going to play next right uh it's it's probably going to be a short uber or team bus ride away from the rink that they're playing in to the hotel and in Vegas shit they're they're going to be put up in like five star accommodations on the off the Vegas strip um, but wherever it is, you know, it's going to be a very, there's no travel. So like, there's no fatigue involved in having to, to do that though. I think that initially, I, I just feel like that'll be a, a less sharp curve to playing games in quick succession because of that, of that short, short travel time. And, and, you know, I, I think that it's going to keep people fresh and, we're going to see probably closer maybe to the end result of hockey up front and, and through the beginning stages in the, in the play in round versus having to get everybody warmed back up and then travel and, and slog through that. Um, <clears throat> you guys have any thoughts on, on the whole, the whole hub city thing? I just, with Vegas basically being confirmed one of them, I have to wonder if, the players are going to be allowed like social time. Like are they going to be allowed to go out into the casinos and go out and hang out? Cause I honestly hope not because Vegas is going to probably have another resurgence of the disease with all these people just going back to Vegas. Right. All these old people who refuse to wear a mask and just <laughs> respreading it. 
it might suck that you're just gonna have to lock all these players in their hotel rooms but when it comes down to it it's the safest thing to do and it just because to see another breakout in the nhl would suck and that's not what you want to see exactly right no doubt no doubt like that's my thought of it going into vegas is will they have social time and what can and can't they do sure it's yeah, a, that is going to be really interesting to see just what the dynamic is for, for the hockey players, for, for the writers. Are they going to be allowed to even go to the host cities and be in the arena and stuff like that? So it's definitely it's something that we've never seen before, and it's something that we probably and hopefully never will. But right. it's definitely going to be interesting. It that's that's I guess that's the only way I could put it, because I don't know what it's going to look like. I, if it's Vegas, if, if it's if Pittsburgh still in the running for a host city, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna suck for those players to be stuck in a hotel but at the same time it's like a big sleep away camp where if you're the best you stay the longest and you get the stanley cup so deal with it right yeah i mean (laughs) my point goes to every city that's in consideration i mean every city has its own sort of nightlife i just know vegas is just the one you think of well there's all kinds of shit you can do and (laughs) everyone's gravitating back toward there now because it's you know the weather's getting warmer it's summer again and it's you know going to be hot, and I'm also curious as to how the heat in Vegas affects ice because it's very minute, and these are you know star hockey players that can handle it. But sometimes humidity messes with ice inside arenas, and it's not very, talked about very often. But I've heard stories of it being affected like that. Vegas yeah. hockey in August, like right? Who knows what that could do? Yeah, and, and it being a desert out there, I mean, um, I, I, I think the technology's there and, and the ice makers in the NHL are top-notch, obviously. The thing that would get me, though, is that they plan on playing like three games a day because they'd have to yeah. at least, right? So that ice is definitely going to be abused. Um, I mean, the if anybody's ever been to a game live, they literally have commercial breaks and they just shovel the snow off of it because of how how badly these guys are just tearing up the ice. So uh, it, it will be interesting in the in the sense of how often it's going to be used. I'm not sure if there's going to be a problem with, you know, like the, the actual temperature and things like that. But, hey, anything could be a factor at this point. And yeah. definitely any, any poor ice conditions could definitely affect the, uh, the, the outcomes of the games for sure. I mean, I know yeah. – I know uh, – Capital One Arena always has, and ever since it's been the MCI Arena, has had what they've been called, has had the worst ice. I think it was voted the worst ice in the league. So, uh, Caps are probably used to it, but, um, but you know, <laughs> that helped us in the in the Winter Classic in Pittsburgh, because that was some pretty poor conditions there, too, and we ended up coming out. It was out the rainy one, yeah. Let's yeah. just not mention that Winter Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, uh, you guys have anything else? I mean, you got anything else you want to talk about? Kick around here. It's it's open forum here. You don't want to throw some punches or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you looking forward to for the for the Caps way of this? I mean, going into all of this, the Caps obviously have that quote unquote buy, but does it matter to you whether or not they get a higher seed in the round robin? You know what? I'll be honest. I don't. I uh, and we we talked about this briefly with Anthony on uh, when we had him on for Philly. Um, I, I don't, I think that these are basically throwaway games. These are pace games, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be interesting to see what the coaching staffs of all of these, the top eight teams do 
do they bring everyone out and kind of just let them play and see test some new things or do they only work on the stuff that they're really going to push hard in practice and then come out and give the normal look and and maybe uh just kind of the run of the mill game and see what seeding turns out who knows what's going to happen there but if i were a coach if i were rearing right now I definitely want about five or six different wrinkles of both the offense and defense that I could throw in mid game and be like, okay, we're going to switch up our set here and, and play this a little bit differently that no one has ever seen yet. Once the actual, after the buy round comes, because like you guys, like we just t- talked about, you know, I feel like this playoff, the seating matters the least. Um, Obviously, in hockey, having home ice advantage is there's actual rules around it, but is that going to there's no fans, you know, so that is that really going to help that you have to be down first in the defensive zone or that you get the last change? Yeah, that probably helps a little bit, but is it enough to sway an entire seven game series? I don't believe so. So that being said, you know, um, I am I'm looking forward to seeing who is it? Uh, Philly, Boston, and Tampa. I think that that's the top other th- top three on the East. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see them. Um, I am. I'm looking forward to the Caps coming out on fire like they generally do in the beginning of the season. So I I think that as far as this stop because we were playing like shit uh, or close to before the pause. I think that this is going to be a nice uh, a nice little restart for them, and it, hopefully they can come out with the fire that they did at the beginning of this season in this in this playoff. So I guess that's my that's my best case scenario. They could also come out and everybody's fat because they they partied and did nothing uh, yeah. throughout the throughout the time. So who knows? But uh, yeah. in any case, I mean. Lots of these guys, especially the Europeans, are getting ice time elsewhere, um, and I'm sure that you guys have heard reports of that from from your guys, right? I mean, there are guys that are out mm-hmm. of the country and in less effective areas that that get private ice, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So I know Marcus Patterson was back in Sweden. Um, I never found out if Hornquist went back to Sweden. I know Patterson was. You know, a lot of guys stayed in Pittsburgh though. Malkin went to his home in Florida, but. You know, we our one positive case that we had was someone who wasn't in Pittsburgh. So, oh, really? That's okay. all we know on that. Yep. <laughs> that's interesting. That because uh, I had heard, I'd, I'd obviously retweeted that, but I, I want, I didn't hear anything more. So that was somebody. Was that just a prospect? Most likely, it was a Penguins player who was not, you know, quarantining or, you know. S- not isolating or whatever, spending their time. They weren't in Pittsburgh. So like it could have been Malkin. It could have been Patterson. That's guys that weren't currently in the city. Right. But they've also recovered and are okay again. So we'll never know who it was because they're keeping all that confidential. And um, it's just a fun little game to play of who it could have been and who it definitely wasn't. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and yeah, so you said a, a lot of the guys stayed. Did uh, Where's Crosby? Did he? Did he stay? He yep. stayed in Pittsburgh. Stayed in his home in Swickley. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> like probably what, 10 minutes from you, Horwat? 10, 15, pretty much, yeah. 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 That is a very nice neighborhood from what I hear. Yeah. That's why I called him a press earlier. Oh, yeah. 
awesome. All right, boys. Well, you know what? Uh, that's all I got. Why don't you tell all of the adoring Caps fans who who wanna who wanna chirp you uh, where they can find you? At? You want oh, to handle that? He's the oh, one. Bryce is always the one that reads all this. All righty. Well, you can follow my great co-host Nick Horwat at Nick Horwat forty one on Twitter. If you want to follow me for some reason, you can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky. If you want to get a spell check on that, I'm sure Hockey Trolls t- typed it out about a million times by now. <laughs> and if you want to follow our show, The Tip of the Iceberg, which is a fantastic show, and even if you're a Caps fan, you know, know thy enemy. And if you want to do that, the best way to do it is to tune into our show. So you can follow us at Iceberg Podcast, but like us on Apple Podcast, rate us, give us your reviews. I mean, anything sort of like how Doug reviewed your show, Hockey Troll, anything <laughs> like that. And enjoy the 30th ranked hockey podcast in Switzerland, which is what the tip of the iceberg apparently is, is what I found out <laughs> yesterday. So check us out. I really appreciate anything you give us. Yes, Caps fans, um, I will say that obviously it's ingrained in us to hate each other. But, man, I love to hate these guys. Uh, all good stuff. Uh, you know what? I'm even going to say it. I, I voted for you guys in the Internet Work uh, Best Podcast, NHL Podcast. So so well, that that was my last you. troll. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. They, nobody told us what the things were, so we didn't know what to vote on because they we didn't know what the – so you're going to have to send me that over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I could vote for Caps chart. Okay. Well, it was just, um, it was, I think it's just about, uh, when they do the, uh, the postseason or the, the, the interview, they just say, who do you think was the best NHL oh, podcast? Okay. So we all get okay. one vote for it. But, uh, I, I did, I, I had thought you already cast your vote. So I did not mean to make that a, a, <laughs> uh, I guess, a um, a petition for your vote. But, uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> Definitely, uh, definitely toss the vote your way. Uh, love the show. Um, and thank you. I already thanked Doug and, uh, for the, uh, for the <laughs> sweet <laughs> review. Uh, the hockey troll is my dad comment is, is just chef's kiss there. Um, but yeah, go ahead, folks. Rate these guys five stars only. Uh, you know how to do it. Um, but until next time, boys and, and, God forbid, or maybe God has this in his plans, that we will see each other in the playoffs and have one of those series that literally takes years away from my life. We'll definitely have to get together again and and and, and talk some more shit when that when that comes on and into yeah. that in that realm of possibilities. Oh definitely. So. Absolutely. <laughs> We're all looking forward to it. Uh, Most definitely. Um, All right, boys. Well, hey, until next time, stay safe out there. Um, And again, thanks a lot for coming on for Hockeyocalypse Pittsburgh. you enjoyed that little insight into mouth breather central water trash repository pittsburgh and our final installment of hockey apocalypse pittsburgh hope you guys like that series uh you know hopefully it kept you a little bit entertained throughout this whole hockey break we do have some more stuff coming up here in the future some good interviews 
hopefully get some some you know we'll tease it i guess get some people on that that we know and or want to talk about hockey with um so don't worry we're we've been doing a lot of interview or we will be doing a lot of interviews for you guys to entertain you before the supposed july 30th uh start to hockey yeah, big thanks, Hockey Troll. Um, schedules don't always match up. He took care of this week on his own. Uh, I'm listening in it to the first time as you are as well. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the interview. Well, you already heard it, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, talk to you next week, weirdos. Polly Cupcakes, the Da Vinci of speaking. <laughs> the most articulate man in the world. <laughs> And on opposite day. <laughs> All right, Caps fans. Stay safe. Stay healthy out there. Thanks for tuning in. Rate us on all the platforms. Five stars only. Five stars only. Until next week, Taki Troll and Polly Cupcakes signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at CupcakePolly. And follow the show's handle at CapsChirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>